0: Welcome to On the Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Women's Missionary Union. Evelyn Tully is my guest today, and as you listen, you will discover many of the meaningful roles that God gave Evelyn through WMU across decades of ministry. But the one role I want to mention is that of mentor. Evelyn poured into me and lots of other girls, teenagers, and adults and gave us a passion for living out the Great Commission. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Evelyn, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be talking to you today.
1: Hey, Sandy, this is really a treat for me. It's quite an honor. I have been so blessed by WMU all of my life. And actually, I love how it all started because when I was growing up, We had a world map on the wall, and every day I did the prayer calendar for missionaries, and I went and found the country where those missionaries were serving. And so that helped me in geography classes for a long time, and it was just good to know about people of the world. Today, Mosaic, I can't see most of the names of the countries. I know IMB missionaries, and so I can pray for them in that way. My missions calling at a young age really inspired others to see the world as their own mission field.
0: And this has been a lifelong pursuit of yours.
1: It has. You see, it's so interesting because I didn't ever go to Sunbeams because my cousins lived next door, and they went down the street and met with their GA leader, and they went to GAs. So I got started in GAs very early, and I started on my forward steps very early in GAs, and I made it all the way. Queen Regent in service, and I loved it.
0: You started your forward steps early, and back then you were queen, regent, in service. Your steps had to go before the state WMU office and get graded, didn't they?
1: That's very true, and it's an interesting story because I went to an associational WMU camp in southeast Texas, and I met some people from the Texas WMU office, from leadership, and mainly the person was Millie Martin, who became Millie Bishop. Later, and she was state GA director. And at that time, it was required that my forward step work be sent to the state WMU office. And when I sent my forward step work to her, I got a letter back from her and said, I remember our conversation at camp, and I think your work can be better than this. So I started over, and I learned that a good mentor has every right for high expectations of the person that's trying to be helped by a mentor. So I'm appreciative of that.
0: Oh, my goodness! So back in the day, we're not pushing a button on a machine and sending it somewhere. You actually put it in the mail, mailed it to the state WMU office. She looked at it, graded it, and said, you can do better.
1: Yes, quite a challenge, and I loved it. I have some of those papers still in my file, the ones I reworked and redid. I was really challenged by so many people in WMU, leaders like Elaine Dixon. And it's interesting that Millie Martin married someone from Illinois, J. Avloyd Bishop. And so there was an Illinois connection there. And then the next person was Elaine Dixon. And Elaine Dixon was very influential in having grown up in influences in Illinois. And then I didn't know anything about Illinois. I just know, remember now, that they were from those places. Elaine took me to YWA Weeks at Ridgecrest and Glorietta on buses. And I met national leadership. And I always had a habit of hanging around wherever the national leaders were. So I got to know. Alma Hunt, Marie Mathis, Catherine Allen, Helen Fling, all of those old, wonderful WMU names in history. And uh, they very much influenced me, and soon I recognized my desire to become the National GA Director, or actually, I believe, a calling from God to work with GAs and to serve on a national level. I wanted to major in WMU in college. I couldn't figure out exactly how to do that. But I took all the courses that would help me. I did English and speech and journalism. So that was how you... That was your foundation. Yes, that was my college foundation. That was, you know, I just prepared for that work.
0: Well, I want to go back to one name that you mentioned. I didn't know Ivaloy Bishop was from Illinois.
1: Yes, he was. How did I miss that? I don't know. He was from Pinckneyville, I believe. I did not know that. Well, just so
0: for those that are listening in, Ivaloy Bishop became the first national RA director. I'm sure it was a different title back then, but he led RAs at the national level. That is exciting to know. I grew up 20 minutes
1: from where (laughs) he grew up. That's right. I don't know how I missed that. Life is interesting. All, All these connections are just fascinating to me. And we've been blessed with them all throughout our lives. My first role really was in Illinois as GA director. Illinois WMU, and I planned and directed summer camps, as you well know. I do well know. <laughs> and let's set
0: the stage for those that are listening. I grew up
1: under Evelyn's leadership
0: at that camp, Lake Salatisca, which was about 20 minutes from my home, and
1: that's where I fell in love with missions and with the world. And it was interesting to me that Millie Bishop had really challenged me to do better. And mm-hmm. I guess at that point, I always appreciated leaders who had high expectations of younger people who had dreams. And uh, I think I made you suffer for that, son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
0: maybe a little bit at camp. I remember at camp, I always got assigned the cabins far away. And I always wondered what that meant.
1: Because I knew you could take the challenge and take care of it. You could get it done. Oh, okay. Okay. I like that. That sounds... Yeah, right. Let's go with that. Then I was invited by Alma Hunt to serve on the Birmingham staff as National GA Director, and that had been my dream since way back in GAs, and I soon became the GA Director and then moved into the position of National Actings Director.
0: That was in 1970 when that transition happened. So how do you, what thoughts are going through your mind when you've grown up in GAs and it is your dream and all of a sudden you are the national GA director?
1: Well, it's a God thing. And I think you know those answers too. It really is. You, You can't do this. You can't script your life exactly this way, but you can make yourself available and prepare every way you know to. Like I chose to do that in Forward Steps and YWA citations, and all the things I could do to, to prepare myself for whatever may come in the way of leadership.
0: And then you're launching into this new organization called Teens for Teenage Girls, and you really poured your heart into that.
1: I did, and it was a challenge to me, because it was like a blank page. I really picked back up on a lot of my upbringing and the things that I'd done, and it wasn't very long, because that started in 1970, I believe, and by 1972, I had planned our first National Act Teens Conference at Glorietta, called NAC, and so that was a a dream that came true for me too. And I planned that Glorietta meeting, and some of the missionaries at that point were Rosalie and Bob Hunt and their family who came to that meeting. And then I also showed off a little bit and had an Olympic ice skater and an astronaut to Jim Irwin to come, and Janet Lynn Nowicki, the ice skater, and they were there for that program. And I remember when I first started to open the meeting for the Actines Conference, I was ready to go up on the platform and realized that Marie Mathis and Alma Hunt had appeared on the front row, and I was instructed that I was not the one to open a meeting, that the WMU director and president would open the meeting, (laughs) and then then it would be my meeting. It's like, oh, okay. And so you learn the disciplines, some of the good, positive disciplines of life by people who love you and care for you and really want you to advance. And that's been a a real blessing of my life. And I've tried to do that with other folks.
0: Well, taking it a step farther from my life, what's good about investing in people is they let you try and fail, but they encourage you to try again.
1: Yes. And every one of them have done that with me. And I certainly hope I've done that with others, you know. I really do. After I worked at Birmingham in the national office and did the Glorietta meeting, I was asked to return back to Illinois as the WMU associate and to direct GA and teens Camp. That was a a real good learning experience. I had a camp staff that was absolutely fantastic. Still to this day, many of them stay connected. And I try to encourage those young women and middle-aged women today. I try to encourage them to not forget who they were and how much they loved missions. And I think some other things have overtaken us today, and it's overcome the missions education and training that we really need to be doing among all of our young people, especially the young women in the churches. So I still have that desire to inspire others, to learn about missions, to pray for missions, support missions, engage in missions activities. And I'm prejudiced, I know, but I think WMU has the answer for getting that accomplished. And so I still pray for WMU in many ways and call for those who have forgotten it or gone another direction to come back home to their own roots and to try to to get some things done that will really make a difference, especially with women's work around the world. And women do that. And so that was actually sort of where I was moving next in my thinking about my life. Those of
0: us that had those experiences at camps, we have carried the lessons that we've learned throughout our whole entire lifetime. And it was a special thing that at the time, we didn't know what a gift we had been given. To learn the discipline that you have to have to be a leader at camp, to be given leadership opportunities at young age to learn and to grow and develop it, it really was a special blessing in our lives.
1: I know several that were on the camp staff. I was surprised at how many moved to Alaska and to work in that state yes. and with WMU. we were doing
0: missions discipleship in Alaska. It
1: was wonderful. I was like, how did all those girls from southern Illinois end up in Alaska? There have been some good influences because yeah. of those days at camp with missionaries. You can name the missionaries that you've had at camp. It's been wonderful. Helen Fling, Patty Bellinger, all of those that have just impressed all of us as we met at camp.
0: I look around the United States and really around the world at people that I was on camp staff with under your influence. And you mentioned Alaska. There's also people in the Northwest. You have one of your camp staffers who's leading disaster relief for Hawaii Baptist. That's got to be really gratifying to see where your kids are around the world and what they're doing.
1: And I attended the recent WMU meeting in Nashville and got to sit by that one who's now in Hawaii. It's very impressive to be able to see how that's done. It's a blessing in life. It really is.
0: Um, We're talking 40 years ago when you made the initial vestment. Yeah. Nothing comes back void.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful, yeah. Doors opened up internationally for me in so many ways, and I guess I probably walked through more of them than I knew what to do with, but I was very impressed with the opportunities I had, and it sort of started off with Illinois situations For Puerto Rico and Russia, Moldova. And eventually, I could just keep adding, but I was at least traveled to 25 countries and worked with women and had connections in those countries. So I'm very thankful. One of the highlights of being at Illinois Baptist was coordinating an Illinois Baptist and Kazakhstan partnership. Mm -hmm. You loved Kazakhstan. I loved Kazakhstan and actually love all parts of that part of the world. That was from 1997 to 2000. And we sent 50 teams and at least 232 individuals. For many, it was their first international missions experience. And it was just something to be thankful for.
0: Life transformational for many of the people that participated.
1: It was interesting because several women were applying to go on various teams, on women's teams or teacher teams or just various uh, ministry nursing teams. And I was in an IBSA meeting one time, And a board member came out, followed me out. He started crying. And he said, I want you to know this has touched my heart. I want to be on one of those teams going to Kazakhstan. And then we began getting, you know, a lot of the guys to go. And it was very interesting to help them know not to wear their fancy bow ties or their ties or suits or whatever, but just to become one of the people in that area. And that partnership opened up my life for many other opportunities because of being involved with missionaries who saw what we wanted to do. And you know, one of the state presidents we had was Kay Shipley during those times. And I have funny memories of so many people on the teams. One I have of Kay is that we were sent to our lodging in Kazakhstan one time and she got to the bottom floor and looked up at how many stairs she was gonna have to carry her luggage up. And she said, okay, I'm gonna pitch it. And she took her suitcase and pitched it all the way up the stairs. And it got to the top. I don't know how that happened, (laughs) but that's the kind of leaders you had as presidents in Illinois at that time. Yeah. As we are again blessed to have that kind of a leadership.
0: And those kind of experiences, you're blessing the people in the country, but they have no idea how much they bless you. And the relationships that you build with each other as members of the team, it is a special community to be on a mission trip internationally. You're out of your comfort zone you have to be open to whatever God brings your
1: way. We had men who were professionals in construction business and building houses and all of this. And uh, when they went to Kazakhstan, they they weren't doing what they'd been doing here, but they were able to dig the ditches or build the bridges to another community and then kind of develop that into more relationship with working with the churches and building the churches up and building more outdoor potties for people and things.
0: Well, because no matter what you're going to do, it's all about building the relationships with those that you're going to to work with.
1: After we did that partnership, it was about time for me to retire, I thought, from Illinois and let someone else do the leadership. And so I remember asking Wanda Lee to come to my WMU meeting because I was going to be announcing my retirement, and and she did that. And it was a, a very meaningful thing. And then it was a A very unusual blessing that I had announced my retirement, and I took Wanda back to her hotel. We decided to go eat, and while we were eating that night, the night I had announced a retirement, Wanda asked me if I would like to come and join the WMU staff, and of Mm -hmm. course, I was so excited, and then I was able to go back to Birmingham for international initiatives and to set up some things in various countries, so that was a real blessing. Croatia was probably one of the first ones, I'm pretty sure it was, one of the first countries that we had contact with. A missionary came to the National WMU office and talked to several of us. And then Wanda took a a mission team to Croatia. So that was the first contact in that part of the world. And then it just kept repeating itself over in different ways. Well,
0: it's just exciting what God has led you to do. Think about all the experiences all through your life. What would you tell a younger you?
1: Believe in a life of missions and believe And looking at that world globe and it not just be something that you see as a globe. But the maps that you see and the countries in those continents have people, they have women. And those women need to be reached. And they're still, they need to be encouraged, they need to be reached, they need to be believed in. And I just believe that those of us who've had a blessed life, because I've had one certainly in Texas and through WMU and Birmingham experiences, and I know you have too. And it's like we just keep needing to encourage that in women. This is a life calling. It's a service that we can do. We have some gifts as women that we can really influence the world for Christ if we just take the initiative to to go do it and to work with the women around the world.
0: And the women around the world have been on your heart forever. And there's even an endowment, the Evelyn Tully Endowment, to help the women of the world.
1: I didn't create this idea of this endowment. Someone at the WMU Foundation created the thought of maybe there could be an endowment which would encourage people to give money in that way. And then that person recommended that my name be on that endowment. I wasn't seeking my name to be on it. It was fine with me. But it also now, because my name is on the endowment, it gives me a responsibility, I think, for continuing to push it, not because my name's there, but because of what that money does when it's given to the Tully Endowment.
0: I know that's very important to you, the Tully Endowment. It's so important to you that you've planned for your future.
1: I have, and I I think we have a responsibility for doing that. As Christians, as women, as people who've served in missions, I just think we have a responsibility for influencing as much as we can, even after we're gone. So uh, death is no problem if you're ready to go, but you do want to be sure that your influence carries on in the way that you have tried to live your own life. And that's what the Tully Endowment does. And so I write annoying Christmas letters every year. I get (laughs) them. To family and to friends. And it's a Merry Christmas letter, a meaningful Christmas letter. But it's always a challenge Uh, if you've got some money you want to give.
0: Yeah. It's not annoying because you update us on what it does for women around the world. And I believe because of that endowment, you've been able to help women in 50
1: countries. That's true. Yeah. That's, That's amazing. It is amazing. So the Tully Endowment, and then also I contribute to the Vision Fund to be sure that WMU is covered as much as possible. WMU has been my life from way back, from early GAs, and it still is, and I I love it all, and I'm very thankful.
0: You have lived your life strategically for the sake of missions. You're even planning beyond your life to still give strategically to missions.
1: I think that's very important the obituary you write is not what's important, but what you leave in people's minds and hearts and their challenge for how they carry on what your heart feels, you know, what your heartbeat has been. And it's all because way back, way, way, way back in my GA days, that was my calling. And I did my best to stick to it and love life doing it. And I've just been extremely blessed to be able to work with people in Illinois and in Birmingham and around the world and and to be a little bit proud of Sandy as she serves as as the National WMU Director.
0: Well, Evelyn, I want to thank you for the investment that you made in my life. I had no idea, 20 miles from my house, the world would open up to me and the opportunities that I've had. From a little country kid from a church in Southern Illinois to have the opportunities that I was given as a teenager and as a young adult, help shape me into the person that I am today, and I will forever be grateful for that investment in my life. Thank you.
1: Well, you're welcome, and, but you took that, you know, as a, something a director was saying or a camp director or someone. It really, I think, is a way that we can all be used. Whatever feeling we have, whatever call we have, if we stay true to that as much as we possibly can, then other people can see that and follow in those footsteps. I think that's very important and you have certainly done it. You still do it. And I love it. And may there be more. (laughs) Well,
0: thank you, Evelyn. Thank you for being on the podcast today for sharing what God has done through your life. And as I think about our friends at Lake Salatiska that we grew up with, it's just amazing to see what was planted forty years ago, how that blossoms today.
1: I love it all and I'm very thankful, very blessed. Well,
0: I'm very, very proud of you and very thankful to God for the way that he enabled you to live out the giftings that he gave to you. You've been blessed. I know that I've been blessed. And I I think you're right. I think there is an expectation for us because of what God has done for us, for us to pick up the mantle of leadership and to carry it forward and involve as many people in missions discipleship as we can. Thank you, Sandy. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks. Now I think we're going to have some soup, and I can't (laughs) wait to get to it. We'll see you next time. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of On the Journey Conversations and hearing how Missions Discipleship transformed Evelyn's life. Missions Discipleship is for everyone from preschoolers to adults. WMU provides resources for all ages designed to help you make disciples of Jesus who live on mission. Please visit WMU.com. Click on Missions Discipleship and try a sample. Who can you lead deeper into an active, authentic faith through learning opportunities and missions experiences? We'll see you next time.